This is your host, Nick Riley, and you're listening to the One Day Advice Podcast. Together, we're going to take a ride inside the world of personal finance. I'm going to give you a fully transparent, behind-the-scenes look into the financial services industry, helping you to optimize your financial life along the way. In today's episode, I have the privilege of speaking with Seth Burstein of Fortunately, and he is the CEO and co-founder of Fortunately.io. Uh, Seth, welcome to the, the podcast. Thanks so much for having me, Nick. Yeah, so maybe you can give our listeners a background on on your experience in the industry, what led you into starting Fortunately. Man, how much time do you have? <laughs> Plenty of time. <laughs> okay, all right. Um, well, I studied economics and math and went on to become an actuary because I love numbers and I love solving hard problems. And, and, and what is an actuary for the listeners too? Great I think questions. that's a great one. Yes. Actuaries uh, work in the insurance industry and they typically have two functions. They either are setting the price of the insurance or they're making sure that the insurance companies have enough money on hand to pay for claims. And so uh, it's a very mathematical-based industry. Uh, there's a series of nine exams to become a credentialed actuaries, actuary that takes on average nine years. So heavy hazing to become an actuary. Um, and, uh, you know, I loved, uh, I loved certain aspects of, of the business. Uh, I actually liked the exams. You're getting paid to learn. Um, but, uh, after about five years in the industry, I realized it was time to do something new. But the last job that I had as an actuary was doing reinsurance. So that's the insurance of insurance companies. And we were building these, these simulation models, uh, that would forecast 10,000 years worth of possible outcomes. And based on what the model output, we'd recommend what type of reinsurance the insurance companies could should buy. And I mentioned that because we're borrowing a lot of that information or a lot of that methodology at Fortunately. So realized, you know, life was too short, short to work in insurance, um, took a left turn, started a business with a friend, uh, went to business school and kind of ran the small business for, for, th for 13 years, uh, or co co-founded. Um, and it really, uh, there were there were just a couple of uh, instances that came up over the last couple of years where um, I was dealing with personal finance issues, and I was kind of scratching my head and 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 saying, hey, I think I've I think I've been doing this wrong, and I think I think a lot of people maybe maybe doing this wrong. Um, and so the the first thing that came up was. Um, Unfortunately, I, I hurt my back and I was I was going in for back surgery. And the night before, I told my wife, um, okay, I have a life insurance policy. This is this is how much it's for. Which was perfectly unri underwritten, of course. Perfectly underwritten, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was it was a 30-year uh life insurance policy, and it was for it was for a decent amount of money. And she said, Well, that's not enough. I said, Well, you know, I God forbid if I were to pass away tomorrow. You're right. I probably would earn more throughout the course of my life, but it's, it's something. And she's like, "Well, that's just not enough." And so I started thinking about it, and and I was like, "Well, you know, I really, I really should probably have more life insurance now. It's super cheap because I'm I'm young and healthy. But but if I 
died on the last day of the policy, like my wife just hit the lottery, right? That, that's the last thing she needs because my house is paid for, the kids are through college, you know, all my retirement savings are flush, yeah. you know? I, and I started thinking, man, I it, it probably doesn't make sense just to have one level level benefit policy. It probably would make sense to have, you know, ones with different, um, just, just kind of that policies that rolled off over time that kind of matched my, uh, my future earnings. And, and so I, I was scratching my head, did some research, realized that this wasn't a terribly novel idea. Um, there are some, some folks out there and, uh, the insurance industry is just really competitive. So while it makes a ton of sense, uh, for, for everyone to do this, it doesn't necessarily make for a good business. Yeah. Uh, so a few months went by and um, uh, right before the pandemic started, uh, interest rates were super low. So, so someone told me, hey, Seth, you should consider refinancing. And I said, OK. So I looked into it and I, I got a quote for a 30-year fixed rate mortgage, which is what I, what I had before, yeah. and a 10-year interest only. And my previous business was in the event industry. So I, I, we had heard some things about what was going on in China. And I'm thinking, well, maybe my business may be taking a hit soon. So the, the, the monthly mortgage payments for the interest-only mortgage was about half of what it would be for a 30-year fixed. And so you know, I started thinking, well, it'd be, it'd be really nice to cut my payment in half. But we know that mortgage rates can't go much lower. And so I was, I was just kind of mulling it over my head. You know, I'd, I'd feel really silly if I got the 10-year interest only and then rates spiked. But then I said, well, wait a minute. If I got the 10-year interest only and I took the savings each month and I invested in the stock market, yes, there's a chance that interest rates could go up, but this money that I have invested could be growing more and it could, it could outweigh the kind of additional costs of of the increase in the mortgage rate. And so yeah. as a math nerd, as an actuary, what did I do? I built a simulation model of and course. I simulated it out. And the results were really fascinating that, that uh, you know, for, for my situation, you know, way more often than not, you're better with the 10 year interest only investing the money. And in some situations, you're, you're much better off. So I, I shared this information with a friend in town who, uh, also has a background in economics, but he he you know has a computer background. He's an, uh, he's a developer, and he's like, well, this is really really interesting. And so uh, we kind of put the pieces together, and and that's how fortunately was born. And so really, yeah. what what we are trying to do, what we do, is help people achieve their financial goals by using data and and answering the really hard questions like. You know, should I put money into my five, my kids' five twenty nine, or my four hundred one k, or how much house can I safely afford, or you know, if I have some extra money, should I be paying off debt or investing in the stock market? This, these are the things that we are using simulations and a lot of number crunching to give very simple, very elegant answers to help people. Exactly. Yeah, and and really, it comes down to data for a lot of these financial decisions too. And whether you're mathematically inclined or or not, you know, people tend to get emotional or oftentimes irrational with their own money. 
And a lot, oftentimes these financial decisions become more emotional decisions rather than looking at the actual numbers behind making those decisions. Because with every financial decision, you're going to have ramifications from that. There might be uh, you that opportunity cost is, is a real thing. In, in every decision you make, you're giving up something for potentially something greater. And that's what I love about your guys' approach with data and making data-driven decisions around your finances. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's, that's, you know, that's kind of what our, our pitch was when we were, when we were raising money, you know, it's that everything, every product in your financial portfolio has a risk and a reward component. And we just try and make, you know, people generally understand that in their investment portfolio, right? That stocks are lower risk and therefore have a lower return, excuse me, bonds are lower risk and, and lower return stocks are higher risk higher return. But then you start, yeah. you know, talking about a mortgage and yeah, yeah, so a a, a 10-year interest only mortgage may be higher risk because the the rate could go up and therefore yeah. the payments could go up. But if you're a risk-loving person, you have a lot to gain by by saving that money in the interim. And exactly. so those are the kind of trade-offs that we try and make simple for people. You you don't have to understand, you know, we, we simplicity is at the core of what we're building so that you don't have to be a, a, a finance expert to understand it or a macroeconomics major. Yeah. Um, but these are, these are kind of decisions that everybody's facing. Yeah. And, and it, it brings up a, an important point too. Yeah. Like while a lot of these decisions can be mathematically calculated to determine what is the best like approach to take from a monetary perspective, but wrapping that into what is personalized and better for the individual, you know, that's a whole nother level where I know you guys are looking into, uh, you, you still believe in having a human advisor approach, but you, a majority of people out there can have their basic decisions made uh, by leveraging, leveraging data. And I know I have a lot of conversations around uh, mortgages and how to structure those, you know, whether to pay it down early and I always approach it. Well, you know, there's a, a mathematical answer and a, an approach that will put you out in a, into a better financial situation, but it might not be your best personal approach. And you talk about the interest only loan people look, even a seven year arm, like an adjustable rate mortgage is going to lower your interest rate. And people are like, well, I, you know, I might be in the home for more than seven years. Like you don't know mm-hmm. those types of things. You don't know where you're going to be. And the reality is most people are not living in a place for 20, 30 years like our parents and grandparents' generation was. People are moving all the time. And uh, we don't know where we're going to be in even the next year or two. So uh, it's definitely good to weigh these options. Yeah. It's, I mean, there, I, I was just writing a blog post the other day and you know, a stat came up. 37% of people are in their house more than 10 years. So I was shocked to see how the average tenure that people are on their in their house. I think mm-hmm. it's up to an average of seven years recently, yeah. um, and and the average mortgage because people refinance is somewhere between three and five years. So people are people are getting these thirty year mortgages. You have to pay a premium for them to lock in the rate. The the bank doesn't doesn't lock in the rate for thirty years just because they like you. So if you're willing to take on the risk, you could get a lower rate. Um, and, but most people are, aren't, uh, very few people actually have the mortgage all 30 years. But yeah. I mean, to the other point, the, the emotional side, I think my sister is a perfect example. She, 
she got a five-year arm because she was buying a starter condo Mm -hmm. and she ended up staying longer than she expected. And even though the rates fell while she was there, just the mere idea of them being able to go up was like more stress than she could handle. So it was like absolutely the right decision. She saved money because she got a five-year arm. Then she saved money because the rates dropped, but she still was, it, it was not the right decision for her. That is something that, you know, uh, a financial advisor like yourself uh, could provide someone the the, the comfort uh, and know that it's not just about the numbers. Yeah. So that, yeah, you can't really put a number to the sleep at night factor unless you have exactly. one of those uh, aura rings that I have that uh, you'll tracks your sleep and all that. Uh, you might be able to track the data behind that, and uh, that's a whole another topic. But so outside of the mortgages, what other kind of you know, key financial decisions are you looking to help solve? It fortunately. So right now, the, the the problems that we're looking to solve are when can I retire? Um, you know, if I want to make a if I want to buy a house in five years, how much should I be saving towards the house versus putting away for retirement? Same thing with saving for college. So we're looking at, you know, what are your goals? What's the timing of your goals and how should you be saving towards those different goals to maximize your chance of of success? So yeah. that's uh, we're we're kind of you know, we're we're an early uh, early startup, um, yeah. and the plan is to kind of layer on additional features um, every month. You know, we're we're kind of adding adding new stuff. So mortgages uh, is in the works, uh, coming soon. We plan to eventually look at things like life insurance, long term care insurance, disability insurance, um, really any of those hard questions. Uh, that 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 there really aren't great resources to answer right now are are the things that we want to be addressing in the future. I mean, something like you know, points on a mortgage, right? Like, uh, I'm very mathematically inclined. I, if I took the time to really focus on it, um, I could build out a model to 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 understand it. But most people don't. It's like, gosh, there's so much else going on between. What are the closing costs and what's the APR? Like, I don't even want to think about the the risk reward trade off of of buying points on the mortgage. That's the type of stuff that we'll we'll be helping people with. Yeah, and I know on your website too, you know, you know, making a big, you know, any major purchase, you know, paying for your children's education. I know there's a big, uh, you know, there's a lot of growth around the uh, financially independent, retire early, or fire community as well. So that. You know, being able to calculate a earlier retirement based on your spending and your earning history and, and earnings moving forward. Uh, so yeah, all great things to be you know done through, through data. So I uh, love what you guys are building there. As far as the, like, what are you most excited about in, in building fortunately? I know this is kind of a cheesy answer, but it's the truth that, you know, I, I found myself talking to someone about about the business, and I'm like, we could help millions of people. We could relieve stress for millions of people, and we could do it for free. And you know, I we could just give it away. Um, you know, the stress of not knowing the chances of things happening. You know, that when you let your mind wander, it could come up with some pretty scary stuff, and you know. What we're trying to do is just put a plan into action 
to let people know, okay, this is this is what it looks like. Now I know where I'm going, and now I have something to aim towards. Otherwise, you know, otherwise again, you could you could really spook yourself. Um, and and so uh, that, that that's what I'm excited about. That 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 from the from the people that we talked to, there's there's a real need for this because you know there are there's a large uh, industry of, of of financial planners and financial advisors, uh, but the the majority of people. Uh, are doing it on their own, and when they do it on their own, they're actually really doing very little often because they're afraid of making the wrong decision. So those are the people that we're looking forward to helping. Um, yeah, and, and, and again, yeah, we think that, that everybody's everybody's situation is unique, but there are a lot of similarities among among uh, different people, uh, especially in the kind of young families that we're targeting before their situation get really gets complex, uh, and they 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 may need you know again. Uh, our goal is kind of be the the um, the training grounds and 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 then and then ha- hand them to someone like you when their situation gets uh, gets more complex than a robo can can support. Yeah, uh, definitely. And I mean, you you bring up a good point too in the sense that that you can't solve every problem. You can't personalize every single problem, but you can tackle the majority or the eighty percent for instance, of, of the problems out there uh, and provide you know, a good direction for what most people will find helpful and most people will benefit from. And I think people online especially are quick to state their opinion, whether you're, uh, if, if in today's society, if you want to make a good financial decision, oftentimes you go to Google and you're going to experience, you're going to go down various threads, you know, whether you're in Reddit or Discord or or your Slack channel at your large corporation, and everyone's going to be quick to to share their opinion of what worked mm-hmm. for them. And mm-hmm. without being able to understand that your personal situation, you can't really take their advice and and directly apply it very often. You look at a Dave Ramsey; he he will always say, "You pay off all of your debts." And that, as an actuary, I, I know you you probably have a strong opinion on that. From a mathematical perspective, you are not better off financially doing that. But there is that sleep at night factor and getting you know debt taken care of. And he's built a whole empire around you know debt is a bad thing. And the point being, debt is not bad if utilized correctly. And there are I mean, look at a mortgage. Yeah. It's the American dream, right? Everybody exactly. wants to own their house. Very few people pay cash for their house. So yeah, um, exactly. And so as like I'm curious to know as an actuary too, and you've kind of given the listeners a little bit of insight of how you make financial decisions, but I'm curious about what has been your approach to personal finances and how has it changed over the years with your experience? That's a great question. Um, Oh man, what's my approach been? Uh, I've never had to categorize it before. Um, You know, I, I, I was an actuary, worked in the insurance industry, so I, I wouldn't call myself the most risk-loving person. But then again, I am an entrepreneur, so I'm yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm somewhere in the middle. Um, you know, I think that my approach to personal finance is to be a little more aggressive while I'm young and I have a long career ahead of me. Yeah. Um, obviously, when when I got married and had a family, uh, I had to buy some protections. Uh, like life insurance, I've told you the story. How yeah. you know again? I when I think I was probably sleep deprived, but you know I, I <laughs> you know got a mortgage, 
and then went to go see a life insurance person. They're like, how, I'm like, how, what kind of policy should I get there? They're like, you should, you have a 30 year mortgage. Yeah. Then you should get a 30 year life insurance policy. I'm like, okay, that makes sense. And again, in hindsight, it wasn't, I should have thought about it a little bit more. Maybe if yeah. I were again, not dealing with a newborn. Um, uh, but I, I mean, I've learned a ton, uh, through the process. Um, I'm learning about crypto, which I know is an yeah. area that you, uh, have a lot of expertise in. I was, I was doing research and found, found out about stable coin, which, uh, you know, again, I'm not, I don't, I don't get paid to say this, but I was, <laughs> I was shocked when I saw you could earn uh seven and a half percent interest on something that's backed by us dollars. Yeah. Um, so uh it's it's kind of evolving as 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 I continue as we continue to learn and grow uh and kind of implement more things into our model. And I'm hoping that that'll that'll be the case, you know, indefinitely that you know, uh we'll build something so that you could you could kind of again the dream and it's going to take many years to get there, but it's to build a model where you could really put anything into it and yeah. it'll tell you how it kind of stacks up to um the other options that you could that you that you have. To, yeah, to and, put your money towards. And I always, with a lot of clients that I work with, uh, and especially business owner clients too, where you, you, when you're running a business, you're used to doing some sort of financial modeling. You, you make decisions based on how that's going to impact the the financials and the cash flow of the company. And I encourage a lot of my clients to think of their household in a similar manner of, uh, be, you are the CEO or co-CEO if you're married and have or have a partner. Uh, you are the co-CEO of your household. You are controlling the direction uh, of of your household financially and what you want to do from a lifestyle perspective. And having financial models in place allows you to kind of have that CFO, outsource CFO for your household to be able to run by these financial decisions and be able to project them out, forecast them, and see how they impact you five, 10, 20 years down the road. I think mm -hmm. that is one thing that, you know, start, especially starting with early younger investors who have a lot of time ahead of them to be able to invest, just the simple concept of compound interest mm -hmm. uh, and, mm -hmm. and how powerful that is by getting started early on. And and for the listeners out there that that Seth just mentioned the the stable coin strategy, I do actually have a previous podcast episode on how to leverage that as a as an alternative to cash in your portfolio, so uh, be sure to check that out as well. So, lastly, Seth, and I really appreciate your time being on this on this episode, uh, but want to wrap things up with more of a personal question, and it's it's probably one you already have an easy answer to. Uh, but if you had one day to do whatever you want and had all the money in the world to do it, uh, what would you do? Um. So I have I have three daughters that are age eight, seven, and five, and I'm teaching them how to surf. And so, if I had all the money in the world, uh, we'd hop on a plane down to Mexico and we'd yeah. we'd grab a surf session in the in the hot sun. They have yet to go surfing uh, in in warm weather. It's always in wetsuits. So we'd we'd hop down to Mexico for a nice 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 surf and and dinner down there. Nice. And uh, I think that that would be the dream. Yeah. Where do you surf currently? Uh, so I live in the San Francisco Bay Area and uh, up in Marin. So we usually go to Stinson Beach. Uh, and it's yeah, it's been just just a joy to to get them out in the water. It's uh, you know, the again, in, in the pandemic, you're kind of limited in the amount of things that we could do It was a perfect thing. So 
pretty much every weekend we we load up the car and we drive out there and sometimes nice. sometimes they don't even go in the water to be <laughs> honest sometimes they just like playing on the beach but uh but they catch a couple waves and 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 we're all smiles we're all smiles all day long yeah is that pretty close to half moon bay and, and mavericks yes so half moon bay is down south south of the city okay. and you know we live north of san francisco nice. uh, but but not so far i'm uh, within an hour from from half half moon yeah. bay that is probably not a movie you want to share with your <laughs> yeah. your, your 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 young daughters right now uh but yeah gerard butler plays a you know a surfer in santa cruz and uh, Mavericks is one of the largest big wave surfing competitions. A great movie uh, called Mavericks. But uh, yeah, Seth, thank you so much for being on this this episode. Really appreciate your insight. Looking forward to what you uh, and Jared are going to be able to continue to build uh, at Fortunately. And maybe you can, you know, as a, la- a parting thought, just you know, how can how can listeners get engaged with Fortunately and follow you and your development moving forward? I'd say visit fortunately.io, uh, give, give the tool a try, sign up for our newsletter. Uh, as I mentioned, we're constantly adding features. It's really the foundation that we have right now, but it's, it's pretty cool. I, 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 I should have mentioned this earlier. You asked how, how kind of my outlook has changed um, since, since starting the company and building the model. Uh, I, I am sleeping better, way better at night because I'm somebody who always worries about money and yeah. it's always a question do I have enough? Will I run out? Now, again, nobody could nobody could predict the future, but it gives me great comfort to put in my information now, kind of projections into the future. And now, you know what? I'm in pretty good. I'm in pretty good shape, and that's kind of it's kind of priceless. So uh, that yeah. that's been one of the biggest changes since starting the company. And uh, yeah. again, I'm just looking to share that with as many folks as we can. Yeah, and and that reminds me of my my three C's of of finance that I oftentimes. Uh, you mentioned you know, one being clarity. So that's essential in, in kind of building a foundation around your finances. And that, that leads into financial certainty and being able to, and that's where your tool, unfortunately, will be able to help people uh, become and feel more certain with the financial decisions that they make. Mm-hmm. And that certainty leads to further financial confidence. And that, that financial confidence allows them to continue to build and compound their wealth. And yeah, really appreciate all that you're doing uh, with Fortunately and, and look forward to your continued growth. Thanks so much, Nick. Really appreciate being on the show. Yeah, sounds good, Seth. Take care. You too. Bye-bye. Hi, I'm Nick Riley, the founder of One Day Advice. If you like what you've heard, we'd greatly appreciate your help in spreading the word. After all, we are financial educators, not marketers. Thanks for listening and remember to leave us a review. Nick Riley is the founder of One Day Advice, an independent fiduciary and fee-only registered investment advisor. Nick serves as a wealth advisor and educator to his clients. All opinions expressed by Nick and podcast guests are solely their own opinions and do not reflect the opinion of One Day Advice. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon as a basis for investment or financial decisions.